Welcome to Ecobolic Radio, a listening experience dedicated to making the world stronger, one conversation at a time. Because strength is never a weakness. Welcome to Adult Dose. So today I'm going to talk about the trifecta of successful coaching from my perspective. Now before I get started, I really want to emphasize the fact that there are a number of different ways to be successful. Am I somebody that believes that people need to pay a huge amount of money to work with a life coach in our field? Not particularly. It's not that I don't think life coaches have a place, but I feel like there's a lot of people that are extremely underqualified and overhyped in that industry. So when I think about my trifecta, when I think about the three things that I think are important as a successful coach, I'm not drawn upon some financial gain or looking at some reason that I need to make myself famous. I'm talking about the shit that I used to use that worked with athletes that got people successful. And when I started as a coach, I didn't start as a performance coach. I didn't start as a strength and conditioning coach. I sure as fuck didn't work as a personal trainer. And that's just the reality. I fell into every one of these different varieties of human performance coaching somewhat the same way that Forrest Gump made it all the way to the end of the Vietnam War after playing football and having shares in the company Apple. I pretty much did it that way. A lot of it was unexpected. A lot of it was me just opening the door to opportunity when it came and not being afraid to take a couple chances here and there. But basically when I look back at how I got into the strength and conditioning world, I did it through sports. I started as a sport coach. I did not start as a weight room guy. I didn't start my career at the college level, working 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day, watching people back squat and do Turkish get-ups and bench presses, even though those were all things that I myself had done a lot of up to that point as a collegiate and professional track and field athlete. I started my coaching career as a sports-specific coach. I got a job at Eastern Michigan University as an assistant track and field coach for an NCAA team. My specialty was the throwing events. I was really good in the field events as a coach from javelin through shot put, and eventually I was able to coach athletes and work with athletes as a direct sport coach at the world championship and Olympic level. It's something to this day I have extreme amounts of confidence in. I would say if someone was to ask me very candidly, do you consider yourself a better track and field coach or a better strength and conditioning coach, I would still say that I am a superior track and field coach. I just understand it. It makes sense to me. But like a lot of track and field coaches, especially in the throwing events or the power sports side, by default, we end up having to become more acquainted with the strength and conditioning side or weight room side of what we do. The reason being is because we're in a sport that requires a very volatile action to be successful, meaning which we are in a velocitized ballistic movement pattern that requires huge amounts of power production. Those huge amounts of power production are really CNS dominant. And when the central nervous system comes into play, it's really easy for somebody that doesn't understand what you do as a sport to fuck that up with really bad programming. So somewhere along the way, I realized this through my mentorships that I'd had up to that point, that if I wanted to be the best track and field coach that I could be and produce national champions on the day, on the field, 
then I had to acquire a huge amount of knowledge in strength and conditioning and human performance so that I could apply that knowledge to my individuals and I could control both sides of the ball. I needed to know what they were doing in the weight room and how that was affecting what we were doing on the field. Now I know for a lot of coaches that is not even an opportunity they're allowed to be involved in because of the stringent application of NCAA rules. I get it. Too bad, right? It's a shit way to have to do it. You can still be successful. You just have to have really good communication. But from there, I transitioned into strength and conditioning, and I had an opportunity to develop a secondary passion which I had, which was human performance. I'd always been a big believer that the weight room and the things that we do under a barbell or in terms of preparation for the field are really, really fundamentally important to all athletic endeavor. And in doing so, I became very impassioned with strength and conditioning. That passion led to me acquiring more knowledge, being associated with better coaches, picking the brains of brilliant people, and learning how to apply the fundamentals of strength and conditioning to the sport that I was most passionate about, both as an athlete and as a coach. Now, what that did is it really allowed me to develop a fundamental understanding of the weight room. I wasn't thinking about body composition at the time. I wasn't thinking about whether or not these macros affected those micros. Like that wasn't my thinking at all. I wasn't looking to start a life coaching company where I was going to teach coaches how to coach. Even though there's a huge place for that in our industry because we have so many fucking terrible life coaches that were terrible fucking trainers that just basically were like, man, if I could only find a way where I didn't actually have to work at all, I would totally love it as an aside. So they turn around and start selling the concept of coaching coaches, even though they didn't coach shit. Jack shit, actually. They coach two things, jack and shit. And now they're teaching two things, jack and shit. So if we did have some more life coaches that were actual former real-time, real-world coaches that actually dealt with people in the moment of success and failure when they actually had to use skills of sociology and psychology and mental programming and psychological manipulation to pull somebody from the depths of human despair to get them to be successful in the most important moment of their life up to that point. Yeah, we need more of those people. The rest of them can go get fucked. But I digress. My point being is I never sought out to do what we see today is the sort of standard protocol of human performance coaches. People that fall in love with the weight room. From the weight room, they fall in love with helping people get more out of their life. From there, they somehow give themselves a psychology degree and develop systems that they can sell to the masses. Now, for me, it was all about athletes. I wanted to take individuals, men and women, and use the concepts of human performance to maximize them on the field of play, the thing that I was truly most impassioned about. I liked winning and losing at the speed of, of life. You know, like I always refer to training at the speed of sport, right? It's a term I use all the time, but that's because that's how I operated. I like doing things at the speed of sport. I like the idea that things happen in milliseconds, that people become great 
before your eyes, that all the manifestations of their mind and the progressions of their physical all come together in this pinpoint moment where in which the entire world has to acknowledge that there is no one in that time frame ever in history that can take away what they were able to do. That is what I truly loved. And so when I started to make the progression from peer track and field coach to human performance coach, both at the NFL level eventually and then at the highest level in the private sector as both a teacher and an applier of knowledge, I always come back to the three key principles that I used as a sport coach. So for those of you that are playing along at home, this is my trifecta. These are the three key principles that I used when I addressed athletes and their goals and when I needed to work with people to help them over the long term, not the short term, become better at what they do and what they're passionate about. So my trifecta is the acquisition of knowledge and theory, number one. Number two, the application of knowledge and theory, And number three, the integration of knowledge and theory through communication. That's my trifecta. And that's the order of my trifecta when I break it down as well. The first thing you have to do is continuously, progressively, and never-ending acquire knowledge and theory of the subject matter in which you are passionate about. If you want to be a strength and conditioning expert in everything that goes with it, you need to acquire, acquire, acquire knowledge, the theory of what you do, the concepts, the conceptual ideas, the what ifs, the scientific background, the information that you need that's going to draw a conceptual image of what you need to build. It is the blueprint. It is the map. It is the thing in which you're going to use to get from point A to point B. If it's a sport coaching scenario, if it's a life coaching scenario, if it's a goal setting scenario, it doesn't matter. It is the acquisition of knowledge, putting more and more and more ammunition in your tin so that when you go to battle, you can continuously pull from it regardless of circumstance or situation that you run up against. Once you have that acquisition of knowledge, however, it is without use unless you can put it into application. Okay, so we live in a weird world in the human performance, sports coaching, even more conceptual stuff like mental programming, or even if you're in neuro-linguistic programming, you get into some of this more, uh, you know, out there concept stuff for success. None of it matters without practice, right? You can talk and talk and talk and theorize and conceptualize and you can you can wonder about the magnificence of the fucking universe. But until you put your hands in the soil, until you take that theory and you start running it through some tests and you start putting it into its place and you start putting your athletes through the paces of your theory, you will not know whether or not you have mastered the theory knowledge aspect of your education. It's the application of knowledge is very much like teaching 
after you've gone to university to become a professor. You can acquire and acquire and acquire, but then you have to actually take it and see if you can put it to practice, right? And there's a lot of coaches get really stuck. A lot of people get really stuck in the application of knowledge because they don't know how to incorporate all that resides in their mind into a cohesive product that can actually be used to induce performance, right? That's that's the nuts and bolts of it. I've seen people that have superior application of average knowledge do significantly better in the coaching world than people that have poor application of superior knowledge, right? Think about that a little bit. It is better to be able to get across 99% of a little bit of information than to be only able to translate 1% of a lot of information. It's just how it works, right? But the third principle to this, and and this is huge, this is something that a lot of people are missing the boat on. Like everybody's paying money to go and get like master planning and and conceptual ideal stuff to how to do this and how to do that. But what they're not taking any time to learn how to do when they're sitting in those classes getting bombarded with more knowledge and theory about knowledge and theory is the integration and application of knowledge and theory through communication. Communication. What I'm doing right now by myself, this monologue, it's communication because I'm communicating with those that are listening right now, these concepts. The thing that people have to put a huge amount of onus on, and I think that it is even maybe more important than the absolute understanding of knowledge and theory is the integration and application through communication, okay? So when we go back to the idea of applying 99% of a little bit of knowledge perfectly is going to get you further ahead than only being able to apply 1% of a lot of information poorly. That's communication. The best coaches, the best leaders, the best motivators, the best life coaches, the best radio hosts, the best talkers on a television show all have one thing in common, and it's an incredible ability to create and manifest image, to create and apply knowledge through the use of voice, right? And I'm not talking about using big words. You don't have to be a master of the English language to be the best coach on the planet. I have known a lot of people that use some very rudimentary or fundamental language skills to get across huge amounts of knowledge and huge amounts of information that translate into the application which results in what? Winning. If you want to fucking win, and I mean you want to win a lot, you need to spend more time mastering the uninhibited art of raw communication over all else. All over all else, right? It doesn't matter if you have a bank vault worth of knowledge if you have the inability to translate that knowledge through the use of voice and communication to those that require that information the most. I have I've never seen a better example of 
of this part of the trifecta than when I worked full-time with Judd Logan at Ashland University. Now, Judd Logan has a huge amount of knowledge and theory, more in terms of knowledge, theory, understanding in the sport of track and field than almost any coach I've ever met. He also has a massive understanding of theory and knowledge in human performance coaching. He could switch back and forth if he chose to without any complication of life. His application of knowledge and the amount of All-Americans and national champions and Olympians he's coached speaks for itself. But all of this comes through his mastery of communication, his ability to weave an image in the athlete or person's mind who he's trying to apply theory to through the use of words so that the information that is being transcended from one to another becomes a working diagram in the mind of the person that it is being given to right and it, it is it's it's the use of stories it's the use of language it's the use of body gestures facial expressions and tone that manifest this image in the mind of the receiver okay you have to be able to paint an image or paint a picture so that the person who is receiving it does not have to take a bunch of broken pieces and put together a mosaic that they don't understand without a diagram, okay? So people will often say that when I'm describing things, I have a tendency to be colorful or I have a tendency to overdraw or overintensify the image that I'm creating. But by default, it's also the same thing that has also allowed me a tremendous amount of success as a coach. Because you're trying to take something that someone has never seen, heard, or done before, and you're trying to not only tell them what it is, you're not only trying to give them the nuts and bolts of a concept, but now you're trying to get them to manifest it in a physical form in a way in which they will use it to kinesthetically, with the use of their body, apply it to a situation, which is extremely difficult to do. So when I look at people that are starting into the coaching industry, it doesn't matter if it's sports specific, it doesn't matter if it's human performance, it doesn't matter if it's the paid salary S&C coach or the private sector, more commission-based side of the industry. When you start to acquire knowledge and theory and you start to work on the application of knowledge and theory into the physical universe, the tangible side of what we do, it has to happen through the integration of communication, okay? So if you've read all the books and you have a working understanding of a barbell, dumbbell, kettlebell, etc., and you're good at it, maybe you yourself have mastered a lot of it, and you are not having success as a coach, and you're having a difficult time as a motivator, the stumbling block nine times out of 10 is the ability to communicate your message effectively, okay? So when we talk about an effective message, when we talk about communicating knowledge and theory and application, how does that break down? For someone like myself that has been doing it for 20 years, how do I, how do I draw upon an effective message? Okay, is it about tone? 
Is it about body language? Is it about giving and receiving at different times? Is it about secretly allowing the receiver to lead without them knowing so that they feel like they're not just acquiring information through what is being told to them, but they're actually solving the problem in a proactive way in which they in return act out their success and by acting out the success, they feel like they are showing you what you are actually telling them. It's all of these things. One of the most beautiful things that can happen in good communication of application is when an athlete starts to think and feel and believe that they are actually completing the communication cycle by showing you through their physical manifestation, through their actions, through their words, through their change in habits and lifestyle, they're beginning to show you that they are leading the conversation. They are starting to act out. They start to take it on as characteristics of themselves. They start to intrinsically believe that what they're doing is from a manifestation of their own control that they are no longer even taught. They are actually playing by ear. They are doing things that they don't realize were parts of a bigger process that you put in motion from day one. That suggestions that you made became beliefs that they share with you. That's really important. Suggestions that you make in the beginning become beliefs that they share with you. Things that now become fundamental to their own ideology were suggestions that you put into place through repetition in the beginning. When you are looking at true communication of concept, when you're looking at the true transcendence of a concept of knowledge and application through the words and language that you use, you want it to be impactful enough that it is remembered by those that are receiving, but you want it to be smooth enough that it becomes a suggestion that becomes a belief that becomes almost like a hypnotic understanding, which in return, they start to manifest in their actions, their understanding of a concept and their entire belief ideology. And therefore it becomes cemented in what they now do. So as your communications work to create suggestion, those suggestions become belief in the athlete or the person. The belief system grows into a habit. The habit grows into an ideology or an entire way of being. And therefore that application of knowledge no longer has to be continuously reinforced. You can now work on new suggestions, more complex suggestions, suggestions that the athlete is now ready for. And like the progressions that you'll have in application of knowledge in a specific field like strength and conditioning or sports performance, there is a progression of application of information through suggestion and knowledge of communication. So you get to speak about more complex topics. You get to integrate more complex ways of getting a message across. The intimacy between athlete and coach becomes deeper. The trust that comes with that becomes more cemented. And all of a sudden, the things that were maybe once too bold or too complex or too outside the realm of expectation are now just an addition to everything else that you've done 
because the person now has the belief in themselves, the fundamentals in their own knowledge and understanding of theory, and their own ability of increased application of knowledge through the kinesthetic display of athleticism, that they can now take greater suggestion. They can start talking about the intricacies of not just winning a national title, but what about the complexities of being an international winner, a world champion, an Olympian, the complexities of what is going to be acquired in their life, lifestyle, and people around them that are going to require huge amounts of themselves to be balanced out for the next level. All of that happens through the suggestion of communication between coach and athlete. It happens through the suggestions that are all around them. Everything that we see at the highest level of sport performance, the wins, the losses, what we think of, oh, that athlete has this incredible intrinsic drive. Where do you think that came from? That intrinsic drive comes from the experiences and interactions that they had throughout their life with different people in different scenarios that imparted different levels of wisdom in different forms that they then internalized, compartmentalized, turned into either positives or negatives, motivations or hindrances that have allowed them to either win or lose, achieve or fail in every single aspect of life. So when I stop and think, okay, my trifecta of successful coaching, how did I produce Olympians? How did I produce 20 plus national champions? Acquisition of knowledge in theory. Application of knowledge in theory. The integration of application knowledge in theory through communication. That is the process. Now, when you look at the different ways in which you can have success and you look at the different ways in which you can develop communication skills. Communication skills don't just happen overnight. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some people that just seem to have a very uninhibited way about them. They can just chit-chat. But chit-chat is not the application of theory and knowledge through the use of voice and language. It's not the same. When you're talking about communication for the sake of coaching, you're talking about taking the constructs of a complicated problem and being able to break it down into its fundamentals and create an image or a diagram of it that you are imparting into somebody else's psyche so that they can then have that image in them that they will turn around and use to manifest a physical ability. That doesn't just happen by happen chance, even though some do appear to be better at it than others. And when you start to look at the communication process between one person or another, it doesn't even matter if the coach is working with an entire team of athletes. The process still remains fundamental to the one-on-one, -on -one, the interpersonal communication process, right? Because even if you're addressing an entire squad, that communication is not going to be the same as the process of teaching and the process of coaching even in a large group scenario is going to happen on the individual level at one point or another. Now there's going to be times where you're going to give generalized information to large groups of people but fundamentals start to break down from that point. 
when you start to look at the process of that interpersonal dialogue, where you start to paint the image with your voice, your words, your vocabulary, with different ways of addressing a message, that you start to create the suggestion and the suggestion starts to grow and manifest within them it's a lot like you would see when somebody reads a romance novel and it's always been a good example for me of the communication process in terms of how a good coach or a good communicator will draw upon their ability to get others to pay attention to the message now what do i mean by romance novel or even let's use suspense novel, Stephen King, uh, any sort of situation like that. When you start to use vocabulary words and imagery correctly and you start to make the suggestions that create the narrative, what you're trying to do is to slowly manifest an image which they start to create. So you're using words, terminologies, theories, science, different ways of addressing a situation that as you make the suggestions over time and you become consistent in the variables of your language and you become consistent in how you diagram that for them, the person's individual personality traits and individual understanding of a thing will start to paint the colors and add the sounds and create the characters. So for example, if you're trying to motivate an athlete to reach the pinnacle of their sport and say track and field or the 100 meter sprint, but you're having to teach the very basic fundamentals of basic knee position, ankle position, body position, how to come out of the blocks correctly. That's a long ways from creating the image of an Olympic gold medalist like Usain Bolt. But what you are creating is the framework or the constructs in which they can begin to fantasize. And at the end of the day, that's the part that people really misinterpret with the communication process for athletic achievement is the manifestation through good communication of a fantasy or an image that grows out of it. Something that that doesn't exist currently and has to manifest through time. So when I look at all these things and I look at the variables that I think are fundamentally important for long-term success of athletic development, I really have to emphasize the trifecta, acquisition of knowledge and theory, application of knowledge and theory, and the integration of knowledge and theory through communication. Take what you know, take what you learned, take what you studied. Learn how to apply it into a physically manifested kinesthetic existence through the use of verbal keys, cues, and language that will grow the image through proper suggestion and a positive manifestation in the psyche or mindset of the athlete that you're working with and allow that growth to happen organically to the point where the communication process is completed when they begin to finish the sentences with the actions of their body. And that's really what's happening. They eventually take what you teach, what you progress into them through suggestion of language, and they act it out. They become characters in a play, and the script is that which you suggested to their psyche through the development of coaching cues and the long process of repeated, consistent message. So if you want to be truly successful and you want to be successful in sport, you want to be successful in life, you want to be successful in any given number of aptitudes, remember that it's your ability to take what is inside you and apply it to the university, universe around you through the proper use of good, powerful communication.
All right, so that is a little bit of uh, adult dose for you, and that's just my thinkings on the trifecta of acquisition of knowledge, application of knowledge, and the integration through communication. All right, catch you later. Thank you for listening to Ecobolic Radio. For more information about upcoming guests and episodes, please follow Derek Witzke on his Instagram or at DerekWitzke.com. 